summer camps. Ah, yes. That one week out of your summer, you have no phone, you have a whole new group of friends, and you're stuck, most likely, in the middle of nowhere. There's one thing I know about summer camps. It's that they can be culty, a little unrealistic, but also a great place for you to clear your head. This summer after my freshman year in high school, I was signed up for a Christian sports summer camp in St. Simons Island, Georgia. I remember the morning I woke up that I was supposed to leave for this camp and I had this overwhelming sense of dread. This dread that I was feeling was anxiety and I had no idea that I was supposed to be calling it that at the time. But in the years since, me and anxiety, well, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. Today, I wanna not just talk about the symptoms of anxiety, which I hear people do so often, I wanna talk about how we can successfully manage and confront our anxiety and accomplish some of those things that we've been too afraid to do. So don't go anywhere, let's get right into it. Welcome to episode seven of Dropout University, a podcast about learning what they don't teach you in school, and that's finding happiness on your own terms. My name is Josh Kravanek and I dropped out of college because I was tired of constantly putting off the life I wanted just to get my degree. In the meantime, I wanted to share some of the most valuable lessons I've learned along the way. Now let's get back to 15-year-old Josh and St. Simons. Before we start talking big picture anxiety, I wanna explain two psychological phenomena that have helped me better understand my own anxiety. The first one is called cognitive distortions. Cognitive distortions, if you've never heard of that, are basically lies that your anxious brain will tell you in order to discourage you from doing something. So if your brain senses a threat, it's likely to hyperbolize, to exaggerate that threat. And all of a sudden you're telling yourself and making up all of these scenarios in your head that feel very real. But if you logically thought about it, you would realize that there's a very slim possibility things would actually turn out that way. Now, the reason that you find yourself almost never logically thinking through it when you're in these moments of your anxiety taking over is because of the second phenomenon, and that's amygdala hijack. The quickest and also maybe least scientific way for me to explain amygdala hijack would be to equate it to your caveman brain taking over, right? So you have this fight, flight, or freeze response that anxiety is going to bring out of your body. And when you're, this part of your brain, your amygdala takes over, you no longer have the, the ability to complexly break down these situations and logically think through what could happen and what has happened in the past and what is likely to happen. You're only thinking about what your brain is feeding you, the information you're getting in the short term, and how to get out of that scary situation as fast as possible. This dread I was feeling at 15 years old before I even understood what anxiety was, waking up when I have to go to a summer camp that's supposed to be really fun and exciting, most of it was born from cognitive distortions. If I had just taken the time to write down or to say out loud these thoughts that I was starting to buy into, there's no way I would have actually believed them. Like I said, Anxiety and me have gotten to know each other very well, but last year we became best buds 
and I'll explain exactly why. Y'all remember that time when we had no idea what was going on with the pandemic, and every time we went to the grocery store, we would come home and we would wipe down every single one of our groceries with Lysol wipes, and we would wipe down the door handles and put hand sanitizer on 12 times between getting out of the car and going into the door. See, all of these experiences, being afraid of who I was around, looking at everyone differently, living in a constant state of being threatened sent my anxiety through the roof. And I know I'm not the only one. These cognitive distortions, though, became a part of my daily life, not just those moments when I felt my anxiety taking over. My anxiety became this ever-present, non-rent-paying roommate in my head. And these distortions that I had in my mind began to actually have an effect on how I saw myself. They weren't only about the world around me anymore. I started believing lies about myself. You're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. You're not strong enough. These thought patterns began to take over my life in a way where the only thing that made me comfortable was staying at home, sitting on the couch, and watching TV. Well, I should have known this wouldn't get me anywhere because as one of my favorite professors used to say, you can't think your way out of bad thoughts. Let me know if this sounds familiar to you at all. You wake up in the morning, you have a list of all the things you wanna get done, and you look at the first thing on that list, and it might be going to the gym. And then you think about how yesterday, you missed that step when you were walking into your apartment, now your back feels a little tight, and you're not sure if you should lift because you could really get hurt if you do that, and then that would set you back even more. So then you're sitting there contemplating for about 45 minutes whether or not you should go lift. Then you look up and see the time and realize that you've wasted pretty much all the time you set aside to work out. So now you're sitting there going off on yourself for wasting that much time just sitting there, probably scrolling through meaningless stuff on your phone, thinking about whether or not you should lift because your back feels a little tight. I found myself in this cycle countless times as my anxiety has developed over the years. My anxiety pushes me to play it safe, and then my own inner person that I'm talking to shames me for playing it safe and never getting outside of my comfort zone. And both make me wanna just sit exactly where I am and sulk. It's funny because a couple days into that summer camp in St. Simon's Island, I found myself breaking down in front of one of the counselors because I felt exactly the same way. That whole first half of the summer, I was going to basketball workouts in the morning, coming home, sitting in front of the TV, not doing anything at all, and then immediately laying into myself moments before my mom got home and I could see the disappointment on her face that I hadn't accomplished anything. See, playing it safe, like your brain is begging you to do to avoid these risky situations is not just playing into what's comfortable it's actively avoiding your discomfort. The big problem with avoiding this discomfort is you can never know your own limits. You can never know what growth potential you haven't tapped into yet. My advice is very simple to manage your anxiety. You have to go to know. You have to go to those risky situations. You have to go into those uncertain environments to know what your own strength is, what your own capabilities are. 
I had to go to that camp, no matter how dreadful I was feeling, to get away from the comforts that I was laying into day after day at home, to know that I was so much more than just going to a two-hour workout and playing Xbox. You see, it's not just about the Xbox and the workouts and not cleaning the house. That summer was the first summer where I was able to work. And my mom was still between jobs. I've talked about this a little bit. And every day that I was sitting there playing Xbox, I knew it was a day that I could be out looking for a job or doing something to help provide, to help give support to my family. But I knew that I had to go into those uncomfortable situations. I had to go into that first job interview that made me so nervous that I basically sweat through my shirt. I had to go into that first day where I was completely lost and had never talked to anyone as a service employee before. If you've ever found yourself stuck in this cycle, unhappy and then unhappy with yourself about being unhappy and not doing anything, you have to go to know what you're capable of. That's my time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode spoke to your life at all, share it with a friend or a stranger. And new episodes drop every Monday, so don't let the conversation end when this episode does. This has been Dropout University, Season 1, Episode 7. I'm Josh Kravanek. Be you, be great, and until next time. Oh,